On this episode of Resi Week, Macintosh's new CD player, Sonos's Q2 revenue, and Josh integrates with Autonomic. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 328. Who's buying CDs? Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Just Add Power, the global leader in video over IP solutions with systems that give you easy installation, unmatched scalability, and outstanding performance. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matty Scott for avnation.tv. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Chad Russell. He is a national sales director at Josh AI. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing really well, Matt. Thanks for having me today. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Then we have Mr. Jeremy Glowacki. He is the executive editor of Residential Tech Today. How you doing, Jeremy? Doing well. Thank you very much, Matt, for having me back. And uh, good to see you. Sorry, I'm more sober this time than than last when I was on vacation. Are you sorry? No, I'm not sorry. You were a lot of fun last week, last time you were here. <laughs> yeah. If you don't remember, last time Jeremy showed up, he was he, he graced us with his presence while on vacation in the panhandle. And uh, we'll just say he, he started tailgating a touch early, which... <laughs> tailgating. Yeah, that works. I'm jealous. Let's kick off a story that comes to us from Residential Systems, Macintosh, is debuting an SACD slash CD player that includes a reference level DAC. Their brand new MCD 12000 is a reference level digital to analog converter with a reference level playback of those Super Audio CDs and CD uh, regular CDs. Yes, you did hear us correctly. We are talking about a CD player in... T- you know, mid 2022. Uh, this is available for pre-order right now. It should be shipping uh, towards the end of May 2022 in US and Canada and the rest of the world shortly thereafter for the uh, small sum of $12,000 US, uh, which is why the model number matches up with the sale, the sale price. Um, th- this is a really awesome uh, DAC, really. Uh, you can use traditional DAC. You can use their vacuum tubes. Uh, for for the the multiple channel outputs, it's got tons of discrete uh, amplifiers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Go read the story, check out the, the the specs yourself. Chad, let me let me start with you on this one. It, it's a CD player, man. I I get that there are clients, and 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 I have a few that are extreme audiophiles, and they love they love their vinyl and they love their CDs and they they especially have a special spot in their heart for super audio CDs but it's 2022 who's buying a $12,000 US so like $20,000 Canadian who's buying this CD player if you're not a Macintosh nut well I'll start with the anecdote of my wife started a company called the Closet Cleanse and she's been trying to throw my CDs away ever since um, so it's not me. Um, <laughs> I do have an old school, really high end, uh, Krell CD player that I always intend mm. to get back out and intend to use. Um, but what I see is the masses, um, are very, very, um, they're open to, to compromising 
to, I guess, going for for convenience over quality. We know that with the advent of the yeah. iPod. So I kind of asked the similar question, you know, who is that? I would love to get a listening room set up and have that set up again. I have a turntable. It's kind of the thing of most interest of my toddler. He's always trying to grab at it and do things with it too, but it's the least <laughs> used thing in my entire rack. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of asked a similar question. I, I do think it sounds better. I miss that. I miss the days where I used to go into the Studio C at Showcase Home Entertainment in Scottsdale and tow the speakers in perfectly and create that whole visionary experience for a client. And, you know, the interesting thing about audio files is they'd always say audio files are audio files because they never buy anything. And so that was an interesting thing. <laughs> but I've heard rumors of people in, in, um, in Asia that Asia has, is a very big two channel and kind of a CD market. Mm-hmm. I've heard these things. I don't know. Um, so I kind of asked a similar question, and I, I'm curious. I would love to hear it. I'll tell you that, Jeremy. And, and I'm with you, Chad. I have a couple 200 CD case binders full of, you know, real CDs and, and stuff I've made that my wife is also trying to get rid of. And luckily, she doesn't listen to this podcast, so she'll never remember until we find them again when we're digging stuff out. Um, but, but, Jeremy. There, there is a market for this. As I, as I mentioned at the top, I've got a client who has a huge um, Super Audio CD collection and he's got a beautiful pair of speakers in a dedicated room that he uses it in. It's not, it's just not a commonplace thing. Is this, are, are we expecting to see a resurgence and is this kind of the, the start of that, of people looking for the nostalgia of CDs? We, we saw it with vinyl. And we saw a ton of these, you know, you couldn't open a, a Brookstone magazine or something on a plane without seeing an, an, an integrated record player for $129 with speakers and people were buying them and going to a record store and going to garage sales and getting records. Is this just the next iteration of that nostalgia? That's part of my guess and what's going on here. And I think Chad's right that the, the Asian market's probably a big player in this. But, you know, people that have these Macintosh systems are, are a unique bunch of consumers and they probably just mm-hmm. want to be able, just because they can, they want to have that capability in their system. I, they don't want to say, no, I can't play that SACD or I can't play that CD. They want to be able to do it and make it all look pretty with the blue lights and all the stuff that's part of the aesthetic of those products. But mm-hmm. um, I, I was saying before we started recording that, even my daughter, my my fourteen wow fourteen year old daughter now we were she she's she's sort of the the one that has sort of an old soul music taste you know bought we went to this record store while we were in Florida on that trip uh, in this really cool beach community called Seaside and in that record store there were all kinds of really cool retro shirts she got a Fleetwood Mac shirt. Uh, rumor shirt, which I thought was awesome. I had no influence on it at all, but I thought it was a great pick. And then she's getting more current artists. Um, she got something on vinyl and she got a CD of another artist. And for me, I thought, you know, I thought we were past these days because I, I actually lived through that transition from vinyl to CD. Mm-hmm. And I remember having that discussion or thought in my head, what, what do I want to buy it on this time? Let's get the vinyl for this one. 
the Romantics album from the 80s. I, yeah, and I did get that Eddie Murphy album. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, I got the Eddie Murphy album on vinyl. So, uh, and, and then, you know... I hope you still have that. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I, that oh. all got lost with my grandparents' house. Uh, but I, I had, uh, you know, just... You just, at that time... I've got both. Which one do I want to buy? Mm-hmm. And that's almost like how my my kid thinks. And of course, has Spotify stations and channels and all that stuff. And that's where most of the listening takes place. But I I think she loves even as a kid who has very little disposable income. She's stacking up vinyl. My dad gave her a bunch of old ones from his collection, which was pretty fun for her. And but then you get the new Taylor Swift. That's like white vinyl or you get another one that's mm-hmm. blue vinyl and it just becomes kind of a thing. And then I think CDs are less of a, an appeal. Uh, she only has like a little boom box for that. But uh, I just think if that's just one little blip in the trend. There's got to be more of it out there. And for people who yeah. have the money to spend and they, now we're getting into, we're not even talking about old timers. We're, we're talking about uh, millennials and, peak buying mode right now who maybe they want these systems and they they are feeling that retro hey i never lived through the cd era and i'm gonna do it don't don't call cds retro man come on you just made me remember going through that whole process going to the store i used to go like all the time Mm -hmm. that was something that i would take time and i'd go and pick what i wanted and then you open it up and i mean i was more of the cd time i did the tapes and all of that stuff yeah but read the liner notes yeah that smell yeah. and the sound of it opening up and then you get into that record you get into the cd and you paid 18 dollars for it and there's one good track you yeah know, it's, you know i think it <laughs> it makes you learn how to deal with disappointment right <laughs> yeah yeah totally we're not going to mention which cds we bought that we hated all right, let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from CE Pro. Sonos Q2 revenue is up 20% uh, to just shy of 400 million, but their profits are dipping or, or, or dipped, I should say. Um, the, it, their, their net income uh, for, for the quarter ending in April of 2022 was 8.5 million compared to 17.2 million of the same time period last year. Uh, which is primarily uh, stated to be due to a gross uh, margin decrease. It, these numbers are really interesting, and, and we don't need to dig into you know the, the financial aspect of it extensively. But I find it interesting that they were able to see their revenue up so much, considering the majority of their higher-priced products have been, we'll just say, delayed. Um, availability has been tough. And again, they're not alone in this. Everybody's been dealing with this. Jeremy, when you, when you follow this, when you see this, is Sonos a good kind of lightning rod, a, a testing point to view as kind of the, the biggest mainstream player that also plays in our channel, um, that has that name recognition. So like, are, are they the company to look at and say, this is a good overview of what the, the the consumer tech channel as a whole is doing. Yeah, they they are a great representative of the consumer demand that is so high in the past two years for home entertainment. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's the go-to for so many consumers that have no clue that there's a higher end product offering, or they don't have the budget to spend on that sort of product. And so somehow Sonos has gotten a name, which has been so hard for our industry to do over the years, but they've been able to play in both the professional installation and direct to consumer worlds uh, fairly well. And I, I can only guess that where a lot of their revenue is coming from are these maybe smaller systems and portable products because they're they're really promoting mm -hmm. that Rome speaker, which is a yep. ultra portable Bluetooth. And they've gotten to the point where they're even coming out with color choices now and stuff. So it's like you're, you, you must not be too worried about supply chain if you're tweaking the colors on stuff at this point. Um, they're, they're, they must be selling those. Uh, I'm, I'm only guessing. I don't have any numbers, but I think that uh, they, they're going with compact products. They're going with their, their new soundbar. It's called Ray. Um, I, I, I can only guess that a lot of what's going on here is name recognition, consumers trying to feed that need to make their homes more uh, entertaining and more livable when they've been stuck at home for so much of the pandemic. And they are not the people that are calling up you and your peers who are professionals, but that our professional market obviously is peaking right now. It's just, can you get the product and how long is the project yeah. going to take and all that stuff. So I think it's a, it's a real indicator, you know, of, of it matches up to what we're all seeing uh, as popularity of consumer electronics right now. Yeah. Chad, when, when you see this, again, as a manufacturer, it, you guys know where, where and what you've done the last, the last year. We've seen a variety of manufacturers across the board not post numbers anywhere near this. And not, not from a quantity per se, but a percentage. We've seen, heck, yesterday, I think, um, Onkyo announced that they're going completely into bankruptcy mode. They're done. Um, and yet you have you have a company like Sonos, which does play pretty heavily in our market, doing arguably really well. Again, releasing new product, um, doing new things with voice, which, which we talked about earlier. Is this one of those bright sides, bright spots that we need to kind of glamp onto and as a channel... I don't want to say follow along, but kind of follow along with. Sure. I guess I have a couple. I, I'll, I'll speak to their overall revenue number, and then I can speak. I'd like to, and I'll address kind of the profitability part. What I've heard from a lot of manufacturers that can remain nameless, they've said that their numbers year over year are up, but they have mm -hmm. very long cycles to be able to fulfill demand. Um but what and their booked business is up to a point that they can't exceed demand and so they're in a situation that they just can't fulfill it due to some shortcomings on the manufacturing side one thing that i look at this with on the sono side and i see is i'm like huh are they selling less direct to consumer so their profitability has gone down what i'm, I'm more curious what's driving that mm -hmm. if they not increase cost if they not increase pricing and those things but to kind of get back to the main point of your question is, you know, are they that good, you know, barometer or, you know, kind of, are they pointing true north for everything that's happening in our industry? And 
it's interesting to see that so many de integrators push on them and run with them and adopt that technology. And we're very dependent on Sonos. I mean, to a large extent, mm -hmm. our best experience ro revolves on the audio side around a, a, a an integration that we have with Sonos. And we have not seen that slow down. We see it keep going month over month over month. And it's just interesting to see some of the integrators that still push back on the Sonos side though still. So is it's that is that not the biggest because I, I don't take it personally when when dealers hate on any company. I, I honestly could care less. Um, but I always find it surprising because we as a channel, we're dedicated to the experience, right? That is kind of, that's the tagline we use half the time in all of our marketing is experience the best at home or something similar to that. Don't use that one. It's mine, <laughs> but Sonos really cornered that market from an experience side. They took a lot of cues out of the Apple playbook and, and some of the other real big brand playbooks of how to create a, a wonderful experience. And you mentioned it yourself. That's why, you know, Josh I has partnered closely with Sonos as well is because it's a great experience. Should that not be the, the, the push point for so many people on whether you can sell Sonos? Is there something better? Sure. Is there something worse? Definitely. But the experience I haven't seen anything that is close. I talk about that a lot with some guys. I mentioned it around how my grandfather loved muscle cars. He was into, yeah. you got to have the Holley four barrel. You got to have this exhaust. You got to have this rear end. You got to have use this motor oil and this and this and this. And then I flip to a slide and it shows a Tesla. And it's the fastest thing on the road. It has none of those things except wheels and a steering wheel. Everything else is completely mm -hmm. different. And I say that many of the things that our integrators get hung up on, like, and I'm not picking on Rune. I think Rune's awesome. But if, if we need to integrate with this, we need to integrate with that, we need to do this. And they're not focusing on overall experience that sometimes our channel misses the mark because they're hung mm -hmm. up on internal hangups with as opposed to a what the client wants because it's easy to use and their friend has it kind of like a bose yep. thing or b mm -hmm. um that that they're just hung up on it and this is what they want and so and being right <laughs> so it's an interesting perspective for sure very much so all right gentlemen let's hit our last story of the day this comes to us from a residential tech today Josh AI and Autonomic are partnering to transform the luxury audio experience. Uh, essentially, and, and Chad, correct me if I if I miss something on this. Um, there's a couple new things coming with this. Uh, specifically, there's a a full driver for Josh uh, that works with Autonomic. But I'm going to argue maybe even uh, cooler is is the fact that there's going to be priority and prioritization uh, coming with. Uh, some of those audio sources uh, that allow you to, you know, again, specify, hey, if, if we call it something, you're, we're going to source it from from Tidal versus Spotify. We're going to turn off, you know, things like TuneIn because um, no disrespect to TuneIn, but usually it, it sounds like an AM radio. <laughs> I made Chad smile. <laughs> so, Chad, let me, let, me, let me start with you. This is, you know, again, it's, it's another uh, driver plug-in however we want to term it, um, 
connector that allows Joss to, to work natively with, with autonomic. We know autonomic is great. Again, I, I do think the prioritization thing is, is key. Is that, or, or was that driven out of, again, back to that user experience thing that we have a, a, a really nice high quality system. There's nothing better than, than coming on and saying, Hey, I want to play that rumors album. And all of a sudden it's being fed in, you know, 28 K from some random server opposed to, you know, title or Apple music or, or, you know, Amazon HD, whatever you want. Is that the, I don't want to say the, the better aspect of this announcement, but is that a really the, the, the cool driver here? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of pieces. You know, one of the things, I guess, let's we'll address the prioritization of of music and even video services. That that was kind of on the Josh level, on the higher level of what we did in terms of our uh, development of our Josh experience. So you can have the higher quality audio be prioritized, mm-hmm. as opposed to the things you don't want. One of the issues was if you didn't specify what you wanted, if you said listen to Post Malone the way that Josh would work is Josh is going to go up and grab the service that comes back most quickly. And so some most of the time, as you as you mentioned, Matt, nobody wants tune in radio. Sorry, tune in. Um, <laughs> nobody wants to grab that, at least not in our channel, and have that be what's playing. Because then it comes into commercials mm-hmm. and such, especially if you're paying for Spotify, paying for Pandora yeah. Premium, paying for something, and for some reason it hit that. So that was the key there. And then by once we got into it on that side, on the audio side, it's like, well, we're also doing it. And it was probably pushed a little bit more on the Kaleidoscape side because we have some integration coming on the Kaleidoscape side, deeper linking so we could prioritize that premier world-class video experience with the best video fidelity and get that to come up and be the first thing to pop up. But then moving into the autonomic side of things, um, that that prioritization does impact the autonomic integration, but the autonomic integration has really been um, driven by dealer requests in the market, guys that have largely been um, adverse to the Sonos side of things. So oftentimes those are guys that are doing large scale, maybe 10 to 15, 20 systems a year, and they just don't want to be be in that domain and have the limitations that kind of a Sonos system topology is going to have. And so they get into these larger scale deployments. And so we have finally gotten this. And so this opens up what I talk about all the time, native source integration with a key partner of the industry, which has a lot of dealer touch. And so I think that this is going to really enhance our capabilities. We're really excited about it. Big fan of Michael and uh, what they're doing over there. And especially since they've kind of gotten it back from Snap as well, they've been able to take a little bit more control of their uh, destiny, if you will, but they still maintain that Mm -hmm. good distribution relationship as well. So I think it's really uh, beneficial all around. Super excited about Mm -hmm. it. I mean, just the things that you brought up shows how hard at work the uh, Josh engineering team is. And so I, I get limited discussion points with them because they're so busy because of the things that they're constantly building. So, but we are 100% focused on it, on experience, but we won't steal your tagline. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's not my tagline. I just, I'm maybe just it should be. <laughs> Jeremy, when, when, when you see this, it, I, I, I don't know who this is a bigger deal for. Is this a bigger deal for Josh? Is this a bigger deal for autonomic? 
Autonomic has obviously had, they've had a very interesting story arc the last couple of years, but now that they're back kind of on their own, um, this type of integration is, this is their market. This is who they should be playing with. Is this more effective for, for Autonomic or is this more effective for, for Josh or is it kind of a, just a toss up? Well, I think for a long time, Autonomic was a, was a real leader kind of brand in, in our space. And then I think that they kind of fell back into the shadows a little bit with the Snap ownership. And mm -hmm. I think this sort of is, is, is just a nice way to connect to, um, with Josh, a brand that is growing and evolving and, and, and kind of the cool kid on the block, you know, and here's autonomic reconnecting to the industry, but also connecting with something cool and voice that's intuitive and all of that, uh, just brings them into the kind of current day of what integration can be. So to me as an yeah. editor, when I look at the the release that comes through, I'm like, oh, good for Autonomic, kind of doing their individual, you know, their private ownership thing now and really finding good relationships. And I, I'm not, I get Josh, it seems like releases every um, maybe four or five weeks or something, it feels like there's so many relationships going along here. So uh, if you're mm -hmm. not connecting to Josh, then, then you're not relevant, it feels like to me as an editor. So uh, I, I just think it really is a val you know, validator, a credibility thing for Autonomic, and I think probably bigger for them than for Josh, but I think it, for Josh, it just really, it connects the dots even further with what can be done in their systems. So that's, it's great for both companies, really. Yeah, I love it. It's, uh, it's fantastic. All right, gentlemen, let's leave it there. Jeremy, if people want to connect with you, learn more about residential tech today, where can they do that? Yeah, ch uh, check out our website, restechtoday.com, and subscribe to our digital magazine or, or even print if you want to still do print. And uh, check out the uh, podcast. We've got plenty of links to it on there, and we interview somebody each week and kind of go deep dive into someone's uh, industry connections and background and career. So it's just kind of a neat uh, biographical story kind of podcast. So check us out there, too. Beautiful. Thank you, my friend. Mr. Russell, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Josh AI, where can they do that? They can do that at chat at josh.ai. They can also follow Josh, D-O-T-A-I, on Instagram. You can follow us there. We're very active on social media. And of course, our website, josh.ai as well. Happy to help any way we can. Awesome. Thank you both so much. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other show, social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.